Psalm 18. It's a little longer than the rest of the Psalms that we've been reading, so we're just going to break it up into a few different parts. We'll either take two or three weeks on it, ever how many it takes, maybe four, you never know. Uh, but we'll, we'll get into it a little bit tonight, Psalm 18. Last week in Psalm 17, kind of toward the end of it, we, we see the psalmist calling out to the Lord to rise up. We, we see this uh, all throughout the psalms. It, the, uh, we see this plea, this call for help that so many times these psalmists are in some situation in their life. Some of them, uh, we kind of can guess what they may be, but we really just don't know exactly uh, what's going on in, in many of these psalms. But uh, there seems to be a theme that, that, that occurs a lot in the psalms, and that is a crying out, a calling out to the Lord to be delivered from some situation that that the writer may be in. And we, we understand that. Like we can relate to that because we live life. And if you live life, guess what? You're going to go through situations to where you're going to feel helpless, where you may feel hopeless, where you, where you may feel abandoned by the Lord, where you may feel like your circumstances, your enemies are having their way with you and there is no way out of these bad situations that sometimes we face as human beings. And that's kind of what we saw at the end of the verses last week as the psalmist was saying, Look, Lord, rise up against those who are doing me harm. Uh, let justice be served, essentially. God, uh, take care of me. And that's, that's a similar theme we've seen uh, through these first 17 psalms. And we are going to see that theme uh, in, in a little more detail in Psalm 18. So uh, we will pray, and then we'll read through the first uh, 18 verses or so. Father God, we come to you tonight. I thank you for this small group, even if it's just a few of us. It's okay, because we're going to read your word just the same, and I pray that you would just speak through me, that you'd speak to us about your word, dear Lord, that you would help us to understand and see uh, the power that you have, to see the psalmist here, to see how David is calling out to you, dear Lord, to see how he's trusting in you, to see how you are delivering him, dear Lord, and help us to follow that same example that he set, that we would call out to you, that we would trust in you, that we would know that you are going to deliver us. So help us to see your power. Help us to see your love. Help us to, to see your grace and all these things in these verses tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, this is kind of a long superscription in Psalm 18. Most of them are very short, just a couple of lines, but this is kind of a long one. Most of your Bibles probably have this. Some of them may not, but I'll read you the superscription first. For the choir director of the servant of the Lord, David, who spoke the words of this song to the Lord on the day the Lord rescued him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul, he said... Now that's a pretty lengthy superscription there, but it really kind of tells us exactly what's going on. There is a lot of detail there, so we pretty much know what this psalm was about, why it was written, and who it was written by. David is the one who spoke these words. Uh, he, he, he spoke them uh, as a song to the Lord. It says that these words are for the choir director, just like we sung tonight. There would have been a choir director who may uh, sometime in the future, after seeing these words, would have looked back to the past and been celebrating what the Lord did through David. Perhaps when we go through a hard time or when others have gone through a hard time, we may turn to the Psalms and read them for comfort or maybe even sometimes sing them for comfort. And that's what the superscription says. These were the words that David, he praised the Lord. He was worshiping the Lord because God had delivered him. 
And it says that he delivered him from all his enemies and the hand of Saul. Now, I think that that's kind of some interesting wording there. From his enemies and the hand of Saul. Uh, when I look at Saul, I would have considered Saul an enemy of David. But in the superscription here, it, it, it separates them as two different things. Now, I don't know if, 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 if there's a big deal to be made about that or not, but I did think that that was interesting. All right, now we'll dig in. There, there's kind of three parts that we're going to look at tonight in these first few verses that we look at. Uh, the first part is going to uh, just essentially be David praising the Lord. The next part is going to be kind of David's uh, situation, what he was going through, uh, and then how God delivered him. And then it, we're going to kind of take a shift and see God's power in the last few verses that we look at. Verse 1, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my mountain, where I seek refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I was saved from my enemies. Now that's a lot of, lot of comforting and encouraging words for the Christian there that we see in those first few verses. It says, he says the Lord is his strength, he is his rock, he is his fortress, he is his deliverer, he is his mountain, he is his refuge, he is his shield, he is the horn of his salvation, he is his stronghold. That's nine different descriptive words of how God has taken care of them. All those are words that, that show a sense of security that David felt in the Lord. And so next time you feel like maybe you're overwhelmed with your situation or your enemies, just go back and read Psalm 18, 1 and 2, and it will remind you real quick as to what God is for you. He is everything you can cling to. He is everything you can hold to. He is every security that you could ever hope for. He is every strength that you could ever need. And David recognizes that. And in those first two verses, he uses nine words to describe the strength and the power and the greatness and the encouragement that is the security of the Lord. He says, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise. Now, throughout all this, even though he thought maybe God wasn't acting as fast as he should, uh, some of the Psalms we see, God, why are you letting the wicked get away with things? Why aren't you bringing justice? Why aren't you taking care of all this evil that's going on? Even though perhaps God had worked a little more slowly, maybe than David, or maybe than some of us would like God to work sometimes, he still knew that God was worthy of praise. God was still God, even if David was still in a tough situation, even if his enemies had, had been on him for a long time, he still praised the Lord throughout all of it because God was still worthy of praise. God is still worthy of praise in our worst situations. God is worthy of praise on our good days, and that's easy. It is so easy when things are going good and you come to church and you're in a good mood and you're happy. It is so easy to come and praise the Lord. It's so easy to come to nights like last Sunday night where everybody's smiling and we got good food to eat and it's just good, happy, good music. It's easy to praise the Lord on those days. But God is just as worthy of praise on the bad days, the days where things are not going right. The days where you would rather just stay in the bed and sleep instead of come to church. The days where just you're in a bad attitude because you're mad about something. You think about something that's been eating on you all week and you mad with somebody at church. You don't want to see them and you just don't want to come. And you in a bad mood and you come and you're in a bad mood while you're here. And guess what? God is still the same God and he is still just as worthy of our praise whether we're having a good day or whether we're having a bad day. 
And throughout all of David's ordeals, all of his enemies, all the ones who were against him, he still knew the Lord was worthy of his praise. And he goes on to say at the close of verse 3, And I was saved from my enemies. So he's praising the Lord because all these psalms that we've seen before, some of which probably would have been attributed to David, uh, some of which probably in the time frame would have happened uh, before Psalm 18. And I say that because all these psalms are not necessarily in the order of, of the dates in which they happen. But some of these that we read before uh, likely could have happened before this. And it could have been David saying, look, my enemies are against me. But now in these first three verses, David is praising the Lord not for what will happen, but for what has happened. He says, and I was saved from my enemies. God had saved David. God had heard his prayers. And David had many enemies throughout his, his life. So we don't know what period or what phase of David's life that he uh, was writing this psalm. But David had many enemies during his life. Verse 4. The ropes of death were wrapped around me and the torrents... Excuse me. The ropes of death were wrapped around me. The torrents of destruction terrified me. The ropes of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. I called to the Lord in my distress, and I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Now we're kind of having a little shift uh, from praise in the first few verses to David kind of in a short few verses summing up what his situation was like. He said that the ropes of death wrapped around him. He was almost gone. His enemy almost had the best of him. He was right on the verge of death. He was right on the verge of going to Sheol. That is the realm of the dead. He knew that it wouldn't be long until he was going to leave this earth unless God intervened, unless God did something for him. And the snares of death confronted him and he was very aware of the enemies that were against him, the power that they had, the desire that they had to capture him, the desire that they had to take his life and in the midst of all that as bad as it was he called out to the Lord in his distress and God heard him from his temple he heard my voice and my cry to him reached his ears we kind of have this this idea this language of God being in his temple this idea that God is in this holy place probably heaven is the reference here he could be talking I suppose about the the the, the physical uh, temple but uh, when I read these verses I tend to think of of God in his temple as God being in heaven uh, that is God being so far away in a perfect place and it may seem like God is too far away to hear but David in his hard times he cries out to the Lord and God's ears hears his cries. And then we kind of take another shift. We go from praising the Lord because David had been delivered. Then David said, let me tell you what I was delivered from and how God delivered me. And in these next few verses, we are going to see the power of God when he delivers those who are his. Verse 7, then the earth shook and quaked and the foundations of the mountains trembled. They shook because he burned with anger. Smoke rose from his nostrils, and consuming fire came from his mouth. Coals were set ablaze by it. He parted the heavens and came down, a dark cloud beneath his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his hiding place, dark storm clouds his canopy around him. From the radiance of his presence, his cloud swept onward with hail and blazing coals. The Lord thundered from heaven. The Most High projected His voice. 
He shot his arrows and scattered them. He hurled lightning bolts and routed them. The depths of the sea became visible. The foundations of the world were exposed. At your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of your breath of your nostrils. Now that's pretty strong language that David there. He is he is saying, all right, when I call out to the Lord, when we call out to the Lord, when the Lord acts on behalf of the righteous, when God gets ready to act, this is the powerful God that we serve. And he begins to use all of this pretty strong language about the earth quaking and the water's going back as to where it's a dry land, as to where the dry land is exposed, as we see. And the, and the, the, the imagery of burning uh, fire of, from his nostrils, the hot coals, the, the hailstorms, the dark clouds that come about. Now the question is, when we read these verses, are these things that David literally saw during his ordeal with his enemies, are are these verses uh, simply imagery that David is recalling? Perhaps he's recalling uh, what God uh, did for the Israelites when he brought them out of Egypt. After all, many of these descriptions could very well be applied to the things that happened as Moses and eventually Joshua led the Israelites into the promised land. It's also similar language that may... Uh, make us think of Revelation. Some of the similar type of language or similar type of imagery here. It could be that these verses are just symbolic. He could just be giving us a, a showing us God's power by using these powerful uh, worldly examples to show when God shows up, when God comes to the call, God is going to come in a powerful and mighty way. Now, I tend to lean toward that these things may just be symbolism simply because we have no record of, uh, of anything in David's life where we see in Scripture, at least, that God does these things. Although it is entirely possible that in David's life, as long as it may have been, that God may have done these things and they just weren't recorded in Scripture. Perhaps this recording right here is David saying, yeah, these things had never been said before, but I'm telling you, this is how God dealt with my enemies. So were these verses meant to be taken literal or symbolic? I don't know the answer to that. But if they are merely symbolic, then we see the power of God in them. If they are literal, we see the power of God in them. While I believe they are symbolic, I have no problem believing they could be literal. Why? Because they have been literal. We've seen God do these very things in the book of Exodus, and I believe very much so that those things were literal things. And when we see these verses, whether it's symbolic or literal uh, language, we see the power of God. And David says, look, when I called out to my God, this is how he showed up. And God came and he dealt with his enemies. And David was spared and the enemies were facing all this pretty serious stuff that God uh, brought down on him here. Verse 16. He reached down from heaven and took hold of me. He pulled me out of deep waters. He rescued me from the powerful enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my distress, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out to a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. 
There we see that contrast. We see that extreme difference between those who are wicked, who we've read about so much before in, in the Psalms that we've looked at, and those who are righteous. It may seem like the righteous are, are, are beaten down. They're down for the count. There's no hope for them. And then when God shows up to deliver the righteous, just when they think he hasn't heard their prayer, just like we may think that God hadn't heard our prayer, sometimes he shows up in a mighty way and totally displays his power and reaches down and delivers us from our situation. When we see that verse where he says, He pulled me out of deep waters, I can't help but think about Peter as he began to sink when he was walking on the water with Jesus and Jesus reached down and picked him up. That's the same imagery. That's the same uh, kind of illustration that David is using here. David is saying, look, I was in deep waters. Now, I don't think that that was physically deep waters. I don't think that David was necessarily drowning. But I think what he means here by deep waters is that he was in a bad situation. He felt like he was in a big storm in life. He felt like he was drowning. He felt like he was grasping for air. And David reached, or God reached down into those deep waters and pulled David up. And so we see a contrast. All right, this, this God who is angry, this God who is represented by the dark clouds and the, and the earth shaking and all these ways in which we see the power of God at work. Those who are my enemies, David's saying, they're fisting to have to experience this. But David says, I get pulled up out of it. I don't have to experience that. That's pretty intense when we read these verses that show the power of God. When you think that one day we will all stand before God in judgment, that's pretty intense. That's pretty intense. I wonder what that day will be like. I wonder what I will be like that day. I kind of think that I'll probably be scared there for a little bit. I mean, it's probably a kind of a scary thing to stand before the power of the Lord. For the Christian, it's a wonderful thing. It's a super wonderful thing. But then on the flip side, it's a, it's a terrifying thing too. But praise the Lord for Jesus Christ, that even on the day that we stand before the Lord, even as unworthy as we are of His forgiveness, praise the Lord that He gives us grace. That instead of letting us experience all this wrath that we see about here, that just like David, God says, Look, you're mine. You're mine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull you away from this. I'm going to protect you from this. I'm going to be your fortress. I'm going to be the rock. I'm going to be the horn of your salvation. I'm going to be your stronghold. And I am going to be the one that takes care of you so you don't have to experience all of my burning anger. And David had experienced that. And all the troubles that David had went through, God had finally delivered him. God had finally reached down and picked him up. And sometimes God has to do that for us. Because sometimes we get to a point where we just want to throw our hands up. Or we just want to give up. Or we just want to say, God, I cannot go any further. I can't do it. My situation's too bad. My enemies are too strong. God, I fought. I've tried to seek out to you. I've tried to pray you. You're not hearing, uh, you're not hearing me. You're not listening to me. God, you're not delivering me. God, do you even care? And in those times, boy, God reaches down just like he did with David. And he knows our weakness. He knows when we need strength. And God is faithful to reach down and meet us just where we were. And that's what happened to David in these first few verses. He praised the Lord because God had delivered him. He knew that his situation was dire. He knew that things were bad. But he knew the power of his Lord and he was praising God because he was experiencing God's grace and his enemies were experiencing God's wrath. Let's pray. God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for these good words. And I pray that you help us to take them to heart, to think about them, dear Lord God, to, to, to see how you delivered David. And I pray, God, that if there is one here 
or one in this church, maybe they're not here today, but they're just a part of this this church body that's struggling, God, maybe they need to be picked up. So I pray that you just reach down and and encourage them, dear Lord. Just put your hand on them. Let them feel your presence, just like David did in these first few verses. Let them know that you are their strength, that you're stronghold, you're their fortress, God, you're their security, you're everything that they need, God. So I pray that tonight. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen.